Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex Beatsman, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. It is Tuesday, January 31st. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, as the uh, All-Star break approaches, two days of NHL action before the break, three games tonight and two games tomorrow night. Of course, we'll talk about all three Tuesday night games uh, on the card in just a few moments. But before we get into that and before we talk the lone game last night, there was a massive trade that went down in the National Hockey League on Monday a late Monday afternoon, the Vancouver Canucks and the New York Islanders. And we thought we would have weeks and weeks of speculation and rumors and rumblings throughout the league about Bo Horvat and where is he going to land, which team is going to get him uh, to rev up for a playoff push. And, and basically the uh, Canucks uh, and Jim Rutherford, Patrick Alvin, uh, the management group said, basically robbed the networks of weeks worth of coverage for this shit, essentially. They said, we're not waiting around. We have a trade partner. We have a deal we like, and we're making that move. And the Vancouver Canucks did that last night, of course, sending Bo Horvat to the New York Islanders. A, it was surprising it happened this soon. B, it was surprising that the, the team they he went to was the New York Islanders. Uh, and you look at that team because we, I always envisioned it. And by the way, I should point mention the entire trade. It was Bo Horvat to the Islanders and in return to the Vancouver Canucks, Anthony Beauvillier, uh, Atu Ratu, uh, for, to the, to the, uh, Vancouver Canucks, who is of course, I think one of the more prized, you know, gets of that trade for the Canucks. Uh, and of course the first round pick, which is top 12 protected. Uh, as well. It is worth pointing that out about the first round pick that went to the Canucks. So it was basically Horvat to the Islanders uh, in exchange for Anthony Beauvillier, Atu Ratu, uh, and that first round pick uh, to the Vancouver Canucks. You know, when you look at this trade and the way it goes down, we all, we said, or I, I pretty much, we all believed, you know, for the last several weeks that uh, a trade to get Bo Horvat is a win now move. Okay. It is a win now trade. It's a team that's truly thinking we can win a Stanley Cup. Does anybody really think the New York Islanders can truly win a Stanley Cup right now? Now, Bo Horvat makes them a lot better, okay? We know the kind of offensive season he's having, a career year uh, in that regard. We know the leadership he brings to a dressing room. That will instantly, you know, you know, basically, you know, galvanize the dressing room, if you will, for the New York Islanders. When you bring in someone like a Bo Horvat, we know his two-way game is excellent, face-offs. Uh, all of that, oh, so many great intangibles that he brings to the team. There's no question he makes them a lot better hockey team. But look at the situation that Lou Lamorello, has, sweet Lou as I call him, has kind of put this team in with this trade. I mean, you talk about they are still not in a playoff spot. They're two points behind Pittsburgh for the second wild card spot, and they're three points behind Washington, you know, for the first wild card spot. And if you look at this and you sit back and you just look at the landscape of the New York Islanders here. You're not assured of making the playoffs, even with Bo Horvat. And if you get in, where do you think you're landing? Do you really think you're getting beyond one of the top two wildcard spots? Because let me remind Islander fans, you know, you're seven points behind the New York Rangers, who currently sit third uh, in the Metropolitan Division. So 
you know, it, it, your, your chances of getting into the top three in the division are slim, even if you go on a run with Bo Horvat now in your lineup. So if you get in the playoffs, you're probably looking at a Boston or Carolina first round, you know, and good luck trying to beat those teams, you know, in a first round series. So I, I for, for the Islanders to make this kind of move, Lou Lamorello, you know, you would think has a contingency plan in place that he's gone further down the line in terms of extending Bo Horvat because he is an unrestricted free agent in the offseason. And yet here comes the old man in his media press conference yesterday. And that's what I'm calling him because I think he's kind of not, you know, at the level of a GM he was in his heyday. That's the way I see it, because I don't think he's done as good of a job here in this tenure with the Islanders. Here he comes strolling out to address the media after the trade yesterday. And he says, well, we really haven't really opened up the discussions yet for an extension with Bo Horvath. Well, hold on now. What do you mean you haven't opened up the discussions for an extension here? So you basically made this move that you may not even get in the playoffs. And if you get in, you're probably one and done in the first round. You're looking at a Bruins and the Hurricanes staring at you down the pike. And you've made this move to get Bo Horvat, who's an unrestricted free agent, who's likely going to have many more, you know, viable locations and options to sign with uh, in the offseason that are probably uh, more interesting, more appealing. And you haven't even come close to discussions with him to extend yet. So you basically made this move and you've sent Beauvillier. I get it. Beauvillier's had a tough season in the Islanders with the Islanders. It's been a tough year for him. I think if you're Vancouver, you're seeing change of scenery. Maybe that's going to be good for Beauvillier. We, we'll get more out of him uh, as a result. Just needs to get a new uh, start, fresh start somewhere else. But you give up uh, Atu Ratu, who you know who could be a meaningful. He still could be a very good top six forward in this league and a great top uh, top two center uh, in this league. You give up that, and he's had a nice little season here for the Islanders. You give up the first round pick that's top twelve protected. You may not even have Bo Horvat beyond the rest of this season. You know, and you still may not even make the playoffs. And the fact you're coming out there and and basically saying that we haven't even started or really gotten into contract negotiations yet to extend Bo Horvat long term. My gosh, you're talking about putting your fucking balls on the table. That is what Lou Lamorello has done right here. I mean, this could be a massive, gigantic swing and miss, because what if multiple things happen? What if this team doesn't make the playoffs or what if they get in? And they're a one and done because they're a wild card team and they get bounced by a much better Bruin or Hurricanes team in the first round. What happens then? And then what happens if you add on to that? What happens if you don't re-sign Bo Horvat? This ends up being a disaster is what this ends up being for the New York Islanders. So this is a big risk here for the New York Islanders in terms of making this move. Because this, to me, set up to be a trade that someone that's really close, and I mean really close, to a Stanley Cup, a team like that makes this deal. A team that feels that this is our year to hoist Lord Stanley above our head. Did we think at 4 p.m. yesterday afternoon the New York Islanders were this close to a Stanley Cup? Not not in my opinion. Uh, and uh, yes, he'll make them a lot better. But man, there's a whole lot of risk involved. There's a risk in every trade, I get it. But there's even more risk with Lou Lamorello doing this because you could lose the man for nothing, give up Ratu, give up the first round pick, maybe not even make the playoffs still. Yeah, And if you do get in, you very well might be uh, in the first round and out. Uh, and you may lose this guy for nothing because I guarantee you he's going to want a lot. 
He's going to command a lot. He's coming off a career year. He's going to want big bucks and big term. All right. And, and the old man here, Lou, is going to have to show he wants to pony up. And he's a cheapskate. I will say this long term. This guy is not the guy in, in his reputation as a GM to shell out big time contracts. He's just not been that guy. OK, so if you're the Islanders here, you better hope this team gets on some fucking heaters and fire down the stretch, gets on a run, you know, gets in the playoffs and makes a run at this, uh, which is, you know, right now asking a lot. Because I just think the East is a beast this year. And this is not the year to be saying, as a middling team just trying to get into the playoffs, yeah, let's put our chips on the table here and make a huge push for it and sign and bring in a guy and trade for a guy that we may not even have next season because he goes somewhere else. I mean, it is a big-time risk here. Uh, Alex, so what do you think of the deal? You know, uh, more I talk, we talk about it and the more I'm listening to you, the more I realize Lou Amarillo is crazy like a fox. And I'm making a bold prediction. By March 3rd, Bo Horvat will not be in a New York Islanders uniform. He's going to get moved again. That's what I'm thinking. When you look at this trade and look deeper into it, they freed up some cap space. You know, that was the biggest thing with Beauvillier. I, I forgot about that. His his cap hit 4.19 million. That's a that's a lot to swallow for a guy who's only giving you, you know, a few points, a handful of points. So they move him, like I said, change the scenery. Good thing for for uh him going to Vancouver. Rotti's a kind of questionable move, a guy you just drafted two years ago who seems to have decent hockey IQ and, and a solid upside. But I think this is now a piece that the Islanders are going to use to make an even bigger deal. And I think they did this to kind of maybe spite some of those teams in the Eastern Conference. Boston was in hot, hot, uh, hot and heavy talks trying to get, uh, you know, uh, Horvat. You know, there's a couple of teams that were looking at him, too. And I think this is more of a keep-away move. Now the Isles have a Bo Horvat that they can move along with somebody else and, and try to get some better draft pieces, get some better, uh, you know, maybe even get some offensive pieces to try to make a run now, but they won't hurt them to the point of where they're just completely lost. Uh, if they don't make it far into the postseason. So I think they really kind of have actually given themselves a big upper upper hand by getting Horvat in this deal. I don't think they're going to be done yet. And I think Horvat may only play a few games with the Owls before he goes somewhere else. It, it, it was it was stun it was stunning to me that that was the team that got him. I mean, the New York Islanders. I'm thinking for sure a Colorado Avalanche gets Bo Horvat or Boston Bruins get Bo Horvat. You know, a, a team that I think is closer to their pathway, uh, closer along the uh, the road to a Stanley Cup this season uh, than the New York Islanders. But uh, it was, and that that's a great point that this could be a flip. You know, uh, he like he's going to have a few weeks here before this trade deadline hits to talk to Bo, talk to his agent, and say, okay, here's what we can give you here with the in Long Island. Here's the money we can give you, the term we can give you. You know, here's you know some. Uh, something from an amenities or living standpoint that would appeal to you about being here long-term. Here you go, Bo. And what do you think? And don't wait around or him and ha, let him, him and ha for an answer. Get this done. See what is, if is he initially intrigued and if he's not, and he's, you know, dragging his feet, you better flip that guy and trade him before the yep. deadline. Simple as that, because then you're and really risking losing him for jack shit in the off season. Well, and that's the thing you just mentioned about Lamarell. He's he's tight with the wallet. So the fact that yeah. they made this move, and you know, it's already you know kind of you know rumored he wants seven eight years at around seven eight million. 
if that's not something that that Lou wants to do, which more than likely would be the case, then I like I said, this may be they may already be talking about you know him going somewhere else, and this was just kind of a a, a bit of a, of a bridge play. I really feel like that's the case, and I know we don't see that too often in the NHL, but I think that this. It just feels like it just feels like this could be the case, and I think this takes the Eastern Conference teams out of play and gives a team like Colorado a shot to put together a package and uh, and grab him. Yeah, and uh, you know I think he's letting the fans do the work for him or the thinking for him because there's that viral video that's floating around there from a recent Islanders home game where there's a fan, you know, basically sitting or standing above. You know, where Lou Lamorello is watching the game and shouting at him, "Hey, Lou, Timo Meyer, Bo Horvat." Just shouting at him, uh, you know, and then he's actually looking up and looking at him. He actually looks at the fan as he's saying it to him. Timo Meyer, Bo Horvat, and it's like uh, maybe the fans are he's letting the fans do his thinking or what? <laughs> because he he certainly enacted on it. He certainly acted upon it. Uh, what that fan was saying, uh, and he ends up getting uh, Bo Horvat. But man, and the thing too with Lou Lamorello, you have to keep in mind. You know, this guy's like approaching eighty years old. Okay. You know, that's how old he's been. Like, this guy's been in the management circles in the National Hockey League since the 80s. You know, he he is 80, right on the right on the nose. He turned 80 in October, Lou Lamorello. You think he gives two shits about a rebuild right now? No. <laughs> okay? You know, rebuild is not in his vocabulary right now, and clearly this move indicates that. Uh, he wants another Stanley Cup, you know, and I think he's kind of being selfish here a little bit. Not, not a little bit. I think he is being a little bit. Uh, selfish year. Like he knows, hey, you know, I'm not going to be around long enough for a rebuild. Or certainly, maybe living-wise he will, uh, but certainly career-wise, you know, he's probably going to be packing it in the next couple of years. You know, he's thinking, look, what can I do to make this team good immediately? What can I do to make this team a contender and give them their best chance right now uh, to win a Stanley Cup? I mean, that's what he, I think he's thinking a little selfish about a little me instead of we right now with this Islanders team. He's thinking, hey, you know, the time is, the clock is ticking. You know, I don't have many more opportunities to try to be a Stanley Cup champion general manager again. And here we go. We're going to do our damnedest here to make this happen. And maybe Bo Horvat's our path to make that happen. I think that there's some thinking there. He's not never going to say it out loud, but he's still going to say, oh, I'm doing the best for the organization and all that. But, you know, I think this is one of those rare instances that, and Lou is never really a big time buyer you know, at trade deadlines past because they were always consistently good going back to the devils. This is, I'm about to, my career is going to be ending. It's winding down right now in the next few years. This is a different thinking Lou Lamorello saying, I, I got it. Go for it. One, He wants that brass ring one more time. And this is the trade. I think that symbolizes that in my opinion, Alex. I don't know. I think, I think you're thinking, thinking into it a little too heavy. Like I said, I think this is, I think this is a part of a bigger plan. And like I said, and, and just just kind of going off of the history of Lou, and like I said, he is getting older, and, and yes, he'd like to make one more chip run, but like I said, this doesn't, this isn't exactly the the fit. And and even with Holbrook, you know, his talent offensively, yes, he can make you know Barzal and Lee and those guys a little bit better. I just think there's something else brewing here. This this is more to this. And I think this is just the 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 first domino of a bigger a bigger piece moving forward. Yeah, if he has any uh, doubts whatsoever that he's not going to be able to bring Bo back, like I say, he's got to look to make, uh, create another trade before the deadline because, uh, again, I can envision a scenario where the Islanders are out in the first round and or don't make the playoffs at all and Bo's not back next year. And that is a cataclysmic failure uh, by the New York Islanders if those things happen. So this is going to be definitely something fascinating to watch. We should talk about it from the Canucks standpoint. I mean, Beauvillier, I think, is definitely going to be I think revitalized a little bit 
mm-hmm. know, it just wasn't going well for him. I don't think he hit. I know not. I don't. I, I not. I think I know him and Bruce um, or Barry Trotz. I should say uh, Anthony Bovillier and Barry Trotz. You know, they had their issues. You know, that yep. definitely uh, Bovillier at times didn't play the way Barry Trotz wanted. Uh, and I don't know if it's gotten better under Lane Lambert, but Lane Lambert's a disciple of Barry, and you know he's not having a great year there. So you could argue maybe it wasn't going well with Lane Lambert either for Anthony Bovillier. So get another opportunity, uh, you know, get a fresh start. Atu Ratu for the Canucks is someone that they can work with, develop, uh, look to uh, continue to get better. You know, there's he's got a lot of good offensive instincts, smart player they say. Uh, and so, you know, he might continue to get better. He's certainly going to get a little more opportunity here playing on this uh, Vancouver Canucks team moving forward. And, of course, you got the first-round pick that's protected uh, to go your way as well. Uh, so, yeah, there's lots to like right now about uh, the, the situation for the uh, Canucks. I mean, I, th- I feel like Vancouver Canucks fans are just, you know, resigned for, you know, being upset all the time. I mean, the, the, the vitriol that they got, that the management was getting from Canucks fans on Twitter for this trade saying, we didn't get enough, the return sucked. Well, hold on now. I mean, it, can we see it play out? Can we see it play out? Because this reminds me of a Buffalo Sabres franchise that for years, their fan base, all they could think of was doom and gloom and the worst. Oh, what yeah. a horrible trade. We're still going nowhere. <laughs> this isn't going to make us any better. That's what they said when they traded O'Reilly Auto Parts, Ryan O'Reilly to St. Louis, and they got Tage Thompson back at the time, and they wanted no part of that trade. They said, this is what we got in return. Tage fucking Thompson, this is what we got in return. Because Tage Thompson was just a, uh, a pimple on the hockey world's ass. You know, at that time, that's it. I mean, he hadn't developed at all. And, and now all of a sudden, look at what we've seen out of Tage Thompson in the last two years. So sometimes it just takes time for players to develop. And now they're they're not they're not beacon about that trade anymore. Buffalo Sabre fans, they're obviously loving what they're seeing from Tage Thompson. So sometimes, you know, you've just got to uh, let the thing develop, let time uh, progress, uh, let a player improve, develop in the system. And that's uh, before you evaluate whether it's a winning or a losing trade uh, at the end of the day. Uh, Last night, as we turn our attention to the Blues and the Jets game from Monday, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, I thought, played a good game start to finish. I mean, even with the 2-0 deficit early in the third, I thought they outplayed the Blues uh, up until that point. It was actually a very good start to the game for Jordan Bennington. But then Winnipeg finally got uh, their offense on track. And all the chances that they had early in the game that weren't going in, they finally started to cash in on those chances later in the game. Uh, A 2 0 St. Louis uh, lead quickly evaporates with three goals in rapid succession, uh, and it becomes 3 2 Winnipeg. Josh Morrissey, of course, getting two of the goals. Uh, And then, of course, uh, into the empty net, Mark Shifley puts it away, and it's a 4 2 comeback win for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. But, you know, the effort. You know, he wanted the difference makers to show up because he said, you know, you couldn't find them on Saturday night. They did show up for the Winnipeg Jets, and it was just a very uh, good uh, bounce-back victory for the uh, Winnipeg Jets at home. Uh, Didn't want to go into the All-Star break losing three in a row, uh, and they avoid that. And as for the St. Louis Blues, I mean, you can tell this team just needs to get away from an NHL rink right now, uh, the Blues. And Barube said that after the game, saying we just need to hit the reset button, you know, shut your brain off, shut your mind off, and just, you know, just, re- you know, just enjoy, you know, the break, you know, relax, have time with your family, uh, all that stuff, and get away from hockey for a bit and just come back and ready to work. I don't know if that's going to change anything for St. Louis because this just looks like a bad hockey team 
uh, right now. But uh, certainly that's the, the all-star break couldn't come at a better time right now uh, for the St. Louis Blues. Even a game where they, you know, they have a 2 nothing lead. Uh, they can't hold the lead and they lose in the third period and they uh, get uh, a lead. They can't hold the lead and they end up losing again. So Barube's right on the uh, 100% right with what he said last night. They just need to get away from the rink and forget about hockey for a little bit, this struggling Blues team. Alex, uh, thoughts on last night's game? Yeah, and, and it's, a, it's a great point. You know, there's some teams that are just kind of limping into it or, you know, into this break or, or just struggling heading into the break and they just need the time off and, you know, make a mark. They don't come back till February 11th and they're at home. They open up a four-game homestand against, of all teams, the Arizona Coyotes. So that's something I'm going to be uh, putting a little star next to uh, in, in my book for sure. But, yeah, you know, it's a game, like I said, Winnipeg had to show up and show out. They did that. Uh, the Stars, you know, Shifley getting the two goals and empty netter, which was huge for me. It kept me from having a loss, made that uh, total six a push which is, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. You obviously want to get a win, but uh, take a push over a loss as well. Uh, and Wheeler with a good goal, and you know, uh, a solid start for Hellebuck as he gets ready to go into the All-Star game. So it's a, it's a good momentum builder for, for Winnipeg. You know, head into the break. You got your win. Now we get some rest. And let's get geared up for the second half. And I think for St. Louis, I still think overall this is a St. Louis team that's trending downward. But I think they might be something to watch out of the break. Uh, with that first game, getting uh, Arizona, and, and maybe we can see just what kind of team are they going to just completely fall off the face of the earth and be true, you know, uh, just dump everybody, or are they going to actually, you know, be a decent underdog bet at times and maybe give up, you know, uh, give some teams a fight and a fighting chance before getting knocked out. So that's the way I look at it from uh, St. Louis' point of view. Yeah, definitely, it'll be. They are a team, like, and if they don't, if they're sputtering coming out of the All Star break like they've been going into the break then you can just break this thing up if you're Doug Armstrong and just get the sell, 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 sell. It's auction time at that point. If you're St. Louis, uh, you're going to be looking to be uh, selling at the uh, deadline, and there could be a lot of Blues players in play at the deadline because if they fall further out of the playoff mix coming out of the break, then I think the decision will be made. Uh, it's time to sell uh, and look toward the future. Speaking of looking toward the future, we're looking toward tonight with three NHL games on the NHL slate. So let's get to it. We'll begin with the LA Kings and the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina minus 200 home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Hurricanes, again, just playing uh, terrific hockey uh, for the most part. Great win against Boston on Sunday afternoon, 4-1 to one, uh, over the Bruins. Uh, their fifth straight win, 7-1 and one in their last eight games. Keep in mind, before the 7-1 and one, uh, surge for Carolina, uh, in these last eight games, they had a few losses in a row, but they were fool's gold losses. They were losses where they were outplaying the team, outshooting the team, and they ran into some hot goaltending. We remember the Soros game uh, in particular, where he was just spectacular. 67 saves, I believe, uh, and Nashville won that game that they probably didn't deserve it. Uh, but Soros was just that good. So even in the losses they had before these last eight games, you know, the Hurricanes have been playing some really good hockey, uh, and it, it's continued. Um, you know, LA's not chopped liver though. Okay. LA's won three of their last four on this road trip, Chicago, Philly, Florida. They did lose five, two to Tampa Bay, but predictably we all sensed that was a tough spot for them back to back. Jonathan quick uh, in net, who's had a tough season and they ended up losing to the lightning that night. But this is a big price to be giving LA, especially when you consider, you know, Carolina, big game against Boston, big win, uh, can you bring it again here tonight? It, it does kind of feel like, you know, you I don't want to say flat spot. Maybe they, they've avoided that for the most part. They did have the game that San Jose kind of put a scare into them 
uh, where they were down 4-2 late, and they somehow rescued themselves and won 5-4. I mean, I haven't bet L.A., but it's certainly the way I would lean in this game. It's it's a dog or pass spot for me for as well as the Hurricanes are playing. This does feel like after the Boston game, this may not be a game where you get the Hurricanes A game tonight against the L.A. Kings. But at the end, of, I have to make up my decision. Do I really want to step in front of Carolina that badly? Uh, I don't know if that's the answer to that is yes. So the lean is L.A. I haven't bet it yet. I may not at the end of the night. Uh, I do like the over, though, in this game. That is an official play for me. Over six, it makes sense to me. Uh, Carolina has been trending over. The Boston game kind of took on a little bit of a playoff feel, uh, but I think this one gets back to a little bit up and down, a little bit of high-scoring affair. Kings have trended over, three straight overs for L.A. Uh, four of the last five L.A. games have gone over the total. Series history-wise dictates the over as well. Three straight head-to-head meetings with the uh, Kings and the Canes have gone over the total as well, 5-4-5-1-4-2 in the uh, last three meetings between uh, these two teams. So uh, it's been a lot of travel for L.A. It's also been a lot of games for Carolina, but at least some of them for them have been at home. Like I say, I lean L.A. I just think the price is a little bit high given the situation here for Carolina. Potential letdown, slight letdown after the Boston game. Um, But they have dominated the L.A. Kings historically, winning six straight head-to-head meetings against uh, Los Angeles. So the lean is to L.A. just because of where they are priced in this game. But uh, I am probably just going to stick to the total here. And I would expect some goals both ways. So Kings Canes over six for me in this one. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Los Angeles, Carolina. Yeah, I'm on the total as well. I like first period and full game overs. And I would probably suggest you can grab them now at six and you're only laying a dollar thirty five one and a half. But this is really a good game to wait in game for, in my opinion. You can get that one and a half at a plus price and probably a five and a half, maybe laying a dollar twenty, dollar twenty five. Um, so you're still laying one of the two prices, but you're laying it cheaper and you're getting a better number in both if you wait and get this in game. That's more than likely what I'm going to be doing here. But sidewise, I, I get looking at the Kings plus 170, but. End of a long road trip, heading into the break. Carolina has been, you know, hot again on a run, and they've also played the Kings very well. They've won six straight meetings, uh, including the last four in Raleigh. Uh, home team twenty-eight and one the last twenty-nine meetings. So uh, this is going back a ways. We've seen these two teams kind of dominate at home over the years, and like I said, it's been mostly higher scoring. So I just want to stay with the total. I want to stick a, stick a, to the total and stay far away from the side. I could easily see Carolina winning this one, maybe 5-2, to 6-2, to two, or I could see the Kings maybe making this a bit of a battle in this one, 4-3 uh, in overtime. So I'm just going to go with the over. Yeah, no doubt. And Phoenix Copley in net for the uh, L.A. Kings, as you would expect, it would be back to him here uh, for L.A., uh, this is uh, their final game before the break. Carolina, by the way, is not done. They still have a ba- – this is a front end of a back-to-back. They are in Buffalo tomorrow night against the uh, Sabres, a TNT game uh, tomorrow night right before the uh, break. So uh, that'll be their final game. Uh, Freddie Anderson will be in net tonight for the Carolina Hurricanes. continues to play great. That is just like it was a concern for me with the over uh, – with the Boston-Carolina game Sunday. He's really playing some good hockey since the injury, since he's come back. So – uh, that is concerning for overbetters like Alex and me, but uh, still, I think the dictates here in this game with LA, uh, they are playing pretty solid at the offensive end. They've been giving up goals clearly, and even with Copley, his last uh, two starts, he's given up uh, three goals against the uh, Panthers and the Flyers, and he, he's been given up more of the three-plus variety uh, in his recent starts, uh, Phoenix uh, Copley going into this game, so uh, I think that will factor into this game playing out to the over. 
I think best case scenario would be like a 4-3 or a 5-4 Carolina win because then you get that victory that takes them in the second half of the back-to-back and maybe then they're uh, a bigger of a favorite tomorrow against against Buffalo and then that's the time to fade Carolina. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I'm definitely uh, – I'm interested in Buffalo tomorrow, uh, not to give away what we're liking tomorrow already, but uh, it depends. It's definitely – I got my eye on the Sabres as home dogs tomorrow. We'll see. But a lot of that will depend on how this game plays out tonight with right. the uh, Kings and the Hurricanes. As far as props go in this game, uh, really I would stick to uh, – Jared, don't sleep on this guy, uh, J.A.D., Jared Anderson Dolan. You know, this is a guy that's only playing on the third line, but for the L.A. Kings, he's actually gotten significant minutes on the power play. So, you know, he's obviously going to get those opportunities. Uh, that would be something to consider here in this game. Kempe, Kopitar have been excellent. You know, we keep waiting for Byfield to, you know, spring to life offensively, playing on that top line. Hasn't come easily yet, but uh, definitely still. And Philip Deneau with two points in two games and a goal uh, in the last game. So that's who I'd look at for L.A. For Carolina, uh, you got to stick to Marty Natchez. He's got the... Uh, the hot hand right now for the uh, Hurricanes. Uh, three goals, four points in the last three games for this Carolina Hurricanes team. He's been just outstanding, especially of all season. He's been good, but especially of late. He's at 21 goals, 24 assists, 45 points in, 40, in 49 games for Marty Natchez. I mean, he's having a marvelous year uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, and uh, definitely, I think, props involving him worth a look tonight. All right, Ottawa-Montreal, another a rematch. These teams played in Ottawa Saturday night. Back at it, head-to-head in Montreal tonight. We've got the uh, Senators, minus 190, road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this one. Um, you know, normally in these spots where you have the same two teams playing each other, try to make a case for the team that lost the first meeting. Of course, that was Montreal, shut out 5 nothing by Ottawa on Saturday night. But Ottawa's playing some nice hockey. Uh, they've won three in a row, Islanders, Leafs, Canadians. Not sure I'm in a rush to step in front of the Sens here tonight, especially because they're going back to Forsberg. Forsberg's in a nice little groove right now for Ottawa. Played well against Toronto. They came back to him on a back-to-back against Montreal, uh, figuring, hey, this is our opportunity maybe to go into the break with some momentum. Let's go with Ott because the the hot goalie is certainly not Cam Talbot right now uh, for the Ottawa Senators, and he's kind of lost his spot right now uh, for the uh, Sens with Forsberg playing well. So, uh, I'm not in a rush to step in front of Ottawa. I don't want them either because they just beat the, the hell out of this team. And you would think back home, Montreal, uh, even with the personnel issues, is going to play a lot better, a lot harder in, in front of the home fans here after uh, the 5 nothing uh, shutout loss to Ottawa. But they are still very much a depleted group. And, you know, they fought the good fight without Gallagher, Armia, and Monaghan, and Caulfield, and Jake Evans, and Druan, and Slavkovsky. And Edmondson now is uh, day-to-day again on the blue line. Didn't play Saturday, uh, may not play tonight. And you got to be careful with these players that are where it says day to day. When you're this close to the All Star break, I think more often than not, you can bank on them being out. You know, just give them the rest uh, and let them, you know, get the extra time to heal up and feel better uh, coming out of the All Star break. So I don't think you'll see Edmondson tonight. And Caden Gooley, of course, has been a big absence on the blue line. So once again, you know, you do have Mike Matheson, but you've got a lot of youngsters after that, Barron and Jack Eye and Jordan Harris and Johnny Kovacevic. So uh, it's still a very young blue line back there for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. It's got to be scoring by committee. Uh, there are actually some appealing prop looks for Montreal. I mean, after getting shut out, I would expect that not to be the case tonight, that they do find some offense. I think the total's in a good spot. I'd lean over, but I don't feel strong about it, especially when the last two meetings have gone under. 
uh, between these two teams. And the way Forsberg's playing as well would concern me about an over in this game. So I'm passing this game from a side and a totals perspective. I'm looking more toward some props in this one. And for Ottawa, it's Claude Giroux right now. I mean, he's just rolling for the uh, Ottawa Senators uh, going into the uh, All-Star break. Props with him make some sense. Stutzla's been good. Kachuk's been good. Matthew Joseph finally got a goal from on the top line. Been waiting for that to happen. Uh, Ridley Gregg has gotten a couple of points uh, since he's been called up uh, to the uh, Ottawa Senators. So it's been a nice start for Ridley Gregg. Uh, definitely uh, some props there worth a look. For Montreal, I think there's some decent options tonight. Rem Pitlick is on the top line, and he's he's made some uh, offensive uh, uh, impacts since he's been there playing with Suzuki and Anderson. Uh, Kirby Dock's been solid centering the second line. For the uh, Montreal Canadiens, if you want to go really deep down the board, Raphael Harvey-Pinard didn't score, obviously, against Ottawa Saturday. In Ottawa, the whole team didn't score. They got shut out. But Raphael Harvey-Pinard had three goals in three games before the Ottawa shutout loss. And the three goals he scored, they all came on home ice against Detroit and Toronto in Montreal. So I don't think you hesitate to go back to the Harvey-Pinard well for a bargain bin. Uh, goal scorer prop tonight for the uh, Montreal Canadiens in this game. Alex, uh, any thoughts here? Senators, Canadians. Yeah, you know, I actually like Ottawa here in regulation. I laid a dollar twenty this morning. Uh, I think this is one of those cases where you got a, a team in Ottawa who's, you know, obviously had higher hopes for the season. Uh, now on a three-game win streak, they get a chance to head into the break with a four-game win streak if they can get this victory, uh, you know, and try to build some momentum for the second half. Obviously, I don't think it's going to be a, enough for them to – vault themselves into a wild card spot or anything like that but i think this is they're just feeling themselves well and and getting some good momentum and the habs are just a team that's it's beaten and bruised and kind of looking toward the break maybe in a, in a different frame of mind uh you know kind of ready to maybe hang up the skates for a little bit and, and, and get some time away from the rink because it's just been been kind of rough and especially some of the losses they had the loss they just had against ottawa just three nights ago so i get where you know the revenge angle of being at home would be kind of tempting especially with this big of a price but i like ottawa here and for what it's worth, I saw this tweet earlier today. It said the Habs are wearing their reverse retros when they've worn these in six games, 0-5 and one, and they've been outscored twenty-six to ten. So they've gotten killed. We may not see these uniforms ever again once they uh, once they finish wearing them for the rest of the year. But this is just a, a Habs team that just it's just showing you there's the struggles that they've had at home uh, and throughout the season, even before having these key pieces out. This is a Habs team that it's going to be hard to back them in any shape or fashion. It, mostly going to be props probably for the Habs in the second half of the season if they continue to play uh, in, in this kind of a fashion. Yeah, yeah, no question about that. Yeah, Ottawa's won four straight head-to-head uh, -head against the uh, Montreal Canadiens uh, coming into this one, so they've had the better of it. They're playing, you know, some. Fi they're finally getting on a little bit of a run here, and Forsberg's been a bit – it's not just Forsberg, though. Stutzla's stepping up, Kachuk's stepping up, leading like a captain. Giroux is, I think, having his best offensive surge of the entire season right now uh, for the Senators. Ridley Gregg, like that young kid, since he's been called up and put in on that second-line center spot, has given them a shot in the arm. So uh, there's lots to like right now with Ottawa, and we'll see if they continue the uh, good play going into the break tonight against Montreal. All right, final game of this uh, Tuesday slate, Washington Capitals, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Washington minus 210, uh, road favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this one. Uh, tricky spot for Columbus, right? This is a, a home game. They've wrapped their pre-All-Star uh, break schedule up. One home game um, against uh, Washington after a, a lengthy four-game uh, road trip through Western Canada and then Seattle. Uh, so it was a four-game trip span of eight days. Actually, it was actually you know one, two, three, four, five, six days 
or I should say five days when they were actually, you know, no, six days. Yeah, six days, four games, six days. Uh, and now they're back home uh, here against Washington. So that's always kind of a bet against spot. It's a Columbus team that, uh, as we saw against Seattle, uh, even the Vancouver game, you could say, kind of ran out of gas, tough back-to-back. Uh, the Seattle game was an excellent, I think, bet against spot for Columbus to take Seattle. I was on the first period and full game puck line, the Kraken, uh, when they beat the uh, Blue Jackets on Saturday uh, night. So tricky spot here for Columbus. Corpusalo, Jonas Corpusalo will be a net for them uh, here tonight, even though Merzlikens, to his credit, it's been a brutal year for Merzlikens, but that was one of his better games against Seattle. He did everything he could you know, to keep the uh, Blue Jackets uh, afloat, give them a chance uh, to win that game Saturday night in the Emerald City. Uh, but it will be Jonas Corpusalo here tonight for the uh, – uh, Columbus Blue Jackets in net for them. And for the uh, Washington Capitals, look, uh, Darcy Kemper took the loss uh, on Sunday afternoon against the Washington, uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs, 5-1, to one, uh, and didn't play great. I don't think it was all his fault. The whole team was just not, didn't put their best performance on the table, but uh, maybe it's just get him some rest uh, before the All-Star break. But Charlie Lindgren, who we haven't seen actually start uh, for a period of time is going to be in net. And he finished that game against uh, Toronto uh, as well. So uh, keep that in mind because uh, Kemper got pulled Sunday afternoon against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and Charlie Lindgren finished that game. It'll be Lindgren in between the pipes here for the uh, Washington Capitals. Uh, we haven't seen him in a start since uh, January 17th against Minnesota. Uh, he gave up three goals in a loss in that game. Uh, before that, he started against Nashville. Uh, and he gave up three goals in that game. His numbers for the year are still pretty decent. 11-6, and six, uh, 2.66 goals against average, uh, 907 uh, save percentage for Charlie Lindgren this year uh, as a goal, starting goaltender for the Capitals. We'll see if he can progress here in this one. I think with the Washington Capitals coming off the dreadful showing they had against Toronto, they've lost three of their last four. You know, they lost to, uh, uh, or the only win was Pittsburgh in a shootout during that span this might be an opportunity here to potentially jump on washington early i think the first period look is not bad uh, here for a uh, washington pounce on because columbus's worst part of the game is probably going to be that first 20 minutes we are coming back home off the roadie out on the west coast uh, and you may not have your legs early so i think washington to uh, and get the plus price with them uh, in the process and taking them early in the game uh, first period puck line, Washington Capitals, minus a half, plus 130, plus 135. I think that's the way to go. I like that bet. I've made that bet. Uh, Capitals, first period puck line uh, in this game. Uh, as far as the uh, the, the total, I, I, certainly I'm interested in the Capitals team total over three and a half as well. Uh, I like that a little bit. I'll probably have a smaller play on that. Uh, and to, six and a half, I'd probably lean over, but I'm going to stay off that and just focus more on Washington. I think for Washington, this is a spot for them where, hey, look where you are in the standings, right? You're hanging on to wild card positioning right now. Do you really want to go into the all-star break here, losing four of your last five games? You don't. You've got a Columbus team that you've dominated. You've won six of the last seven meetings uh, against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, you know, I think for Washington, this is one of those times where, again, it's always dicey. Maybe they have checked out already the caps, you know, going into the all-star break. But I think in this game, you need it. You, you got to get two points, kind of like a Winnipeg did last night, scuffling, but you don't want to be going into the break, losing games left and right, especially when you're certainly better than this Columbus Blue Jackets team. So I like Washington team total over a little bit, and even more than that, I like Washington minus a half here. 
plus 130 to plus 135 uh, in the first period. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Capitals, Blue Jackets. Yeah, I, I want to see where the momentum pace and pace is for Washington early. Like I so said, they could have checked out already or they could be uh, kind of taking this game a bit more seriously, which they, like I said, based on how where they are in the standings, they should maybe put a little effort into this one. It wouldn't take much to beat this Columbus team the way that they've played uh, of late. I like the over, but I'm going to wait for this to come down to five and a half. Uh, I, I kind of lean with you on that Washington first period look. Maybe look for Washington to score the first goal. Uh, that's something I probably have. So these are two plays I have circled for in-game plays. It's mostly going to be an in-game night uh, with the L.A. Carolina game and this Washington-Columbus game. So I like over, and I like watching the score first, but get better prices adjusted in-game. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and while I do like those, uh, I'm going to be betting those two Washington looks, uh, and I like the first period puck line more. I think it's a good prop game here uh, as well to look at. Connor Sheary, by the way, back on the top line for the uh, Capitals. Looks like he'll be uh, back with uh, Dylan Strom and Alex Ovechkin. And uh, he's he's been someone that's been you know capable of producing up there on that group. So going back to that top line, Connor Sheary is probably a good prop look for the Capitals here tonight uh, in this game. Marcus Johansson, by the way, is moving up to the Oshie Backstrom line as well for the uh, Capitals. And he's actually been performing nicely here in recent games. Four points uh, and two goals in the last five games for Marcus Johansson. So uh, that could be someone you target in terms of props tonight. On the Columbus side, I mean, Kirill Marchenko has to be your first and foremost consideration. He's getting uh, goals, it seems, routinely now, four in the last four games. Uh, he's certainly shown some offensive upside for the Jackets. So uh, the other Kirill, the thrill, in the league. Everyone talks about the other Kirill uh, Kaprizov in Minnesota. Don't sleep on the other Kirill Marchenko uh, here for uh, Columbus. He certainly played pretty well lately. Jenner's been good since he's come back. Uh, so props involving him, you could look in that uh, direction as well. Uh, Kent Johnson as well. I've mentioned Kent Johnson a bunch of times. Two goals and three points in the last three games for the uh, Blue Jackets. And the captain, Boone Jenner, has three goals and four points in the last five games for the uh, Blue Jackets. So all those players I mentioned are going to be player prop targets of mine here for this uh, game tonight between the uh, Capitals and the Blue Jackets. All right, great stuff. That is the Tuesday card. Uh, hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. We appreciate you tuning in. And also uh, to all our podcast listeners, we appreciate you uh, tuning into the Ice Guys show. Again, we're here seven days a week, all season long, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. Tomorrow will be our final show. Uh, before the all-star break and then we'll get a much deserved four-day break thursday to sunday uh, no ice guys show but we will be back monday next week the first day that play resumes following the all-star break next monday february the 6th will be our return date uh, here for the ice guys after tomorrow's show and you're going to want to not miss tomorrow's show not only because it's going to be our last show for a few days and two pretty good games tomorrow night carolina buffalo boston toronto we have a big announcement tomorrow uh, about our next BetCast. Uh, yeah. And we're looking forward to making this announcement. It's going to be something a little different, a little unexpected, uh, but we're looking forward to making it known uh, tomorrow uh, when the next Ice Guys Live BetCast will be. And we will make that announcement on tomorrow's show. So uh, make sure uh, you join us for that. Uh, all right, we got best bets coming up right after we hear from both of our sponsors, Gramco and Manscaped. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or on the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. 
Rabco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. You visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ice guys that's promo code ice guys all one word i-c-e-g-u-y-s at manscape.com if my math is correct that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscape.com using the promo code ice guys you get the performance package 4.0 it is a game changer the lawnmower 4.0 it takes care of this among other things uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit. this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant. Keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about. And Manscaped.com can help you out with that so make sure you take advantage of this manscape.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the promo code ice guys unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped All right, we're back here on the ice, guys, and we're ready for best bets here on this uh, Tuesday edition of the show. Alex, what do you got for best bet? Let's go with the Ottawa Senators minus $1.20 in regulation against the Montreal Canadiens. The Ottawa team that's, you know, seemed to get, finally get some things going in the right direction, won three games in a row, taking on a Montreal team that's just really beaten and banged up. I'm sure they're looking forward to having a few days off this All-Star break. Let's go with the Sens, minus $1.20 to get it done within 60. That's my best bet for Tuesday. All right, Ottawa in regulation, minus 120 against Montreal. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, best bet for me, let's go with L.A. and Carolina. Over six, uh, even money, around minus 105, minus 110. Uh, I definitely think we'll see goals here with the Kings and the Hurricanes. Uh, it's a slim card, not much to choose from, but this stands out for me. L.A. and Carolina, over six, 
uh, for my best bet for this Tuesday card. All right, that's a wrap. Make sure you join us tomorrow. Don't you miss it. You know, it's our, your last chance to see the two of us for a few days on the Wednesday edition of the Ice Guys and two great games to go into the break with. Uh, the Hurricanes and Sabres, the Bruins and the Leafs, a huge game in the Atlantic Division. We'll tee up those games tomorrow, and we'll make our big announcement when our next BetCast will be on tomorrow's show as well. Uh, a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we will talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday, our final show before the All-Star break of the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. 